Through Thick and Thin is a 12-month journey to discover your truest identity and calling in the Lord. Designed by and for young Vietnamese Catholics, this podcast welcomes special guests to discuss the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Now, here's your host, Vivian Nguyen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Through Thick and Thin. I'm your host, Vivian Nguyen, and if you are new here, I post every first Friday of the month. Each month is a chapter of this 12-month journey. And oh my goodness, I cannot believe we are on the third chapter of this journey already. Time is going by so quick, and I hope you are and will continue to stay steadfast and consistent with me as we journey together in finding our truest identity and purpose. In the last episode, we were reminded that our self-worth comes from our creator, that we do not need to find this or that in order to be good enough. We will never find our self-worth if we keep on chasing after materialistic things that don't last forever. And in today's episode, we will talk about pushing past your fears and having the courage to embrace your potential because you never know how many souls you could save. But of course, we cannot do that without our special guest who has done just that. He pushed past his fears to say yes to God's calling at such a young age. A recent graduate of LaSalle High School, a current student at Gonzaga University, and a seminarian for the Archdiocese of Portland. Let's welcome Anthony Nguyen. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So we're going to start off with an icebreaker just moment oh. for a bit. Um, do you mind telling us more about yourself and what you are currently doing? Yes, of course. So um, currently, as Vivian introduced, I am a seminarian for the Archdiocese of Portland. And what that means is I am currently studying and discerning uh, and being formed to be a, a priest for the Archdiocese. Uh, many of you on this podcast are from various parishes around the Archdiocese. And um, I know some of you are from Our Lady of Lavang or various Vietnamese parishes. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of those are from, the, the priests there are from Domus Day, And so you don't get a chance to hear much from uh, diocesan priests or seminarians. So I'm, I'm very happy to be here today to explain a little more about myself and what it means to be a diocesan priest. Cool. How's your summer? My summer has been great so far. I um, did various things. I started off the summer in Mexico for a month, um, mm -hmm. studying, doing my Spanish immersion uh, through Gonzaga University. As a diocesan priest, there is a, a big pastoral need uh, for the Hispanic community as well sure. as uh, various other communities, yeah. obviously the Anglo community and mm -hmm. the Vietnamese community, mm -hmm. but we also have a very big Hispanic community mm -hmm. in our diocese. So learning Spanish is something that is very much needed. Mm -hmm. And then after my um, trip from Mexico for uh, four weeks, I came back and we had Covadas Days, uh, which is the uh, discernment summer camp for high school age boys. And we had a good turnout this year. We had at, at the Father Bernard Youth Center. And that was very good because it's a combination of retreats and camp style. So the guys were able to have some fun, but also uh, talk with various seminarians about their discernment. And obviously all the guys are in different steps in their yeah. uh, discernment journeys, but we were able to all to come together for that event, which was really great. That's awesome. So are you ready for the next question? This is a would you rather question. Okay. Okay. Would you rather have more time or more money? This seems like a true question um, <laughs> because 
I, I mean, obviously, as a seminarian, um, we're called to a life of simplicity. Um, yeah. So hopefully I don't choose money. Um, <laughs> but yes, yes, I, I would definitely say time because um, time brings you so much more time for for happiness because you, you you see people that have a lot of money mm. but it doesn't mean they're happy yeah um and obviously i can have more time and not be happy but i just feel like with more time comes more opportunity to to learn and sure. to serve those around me yeah that's great I would, I would also choose time so anthony we are now in this month of november which in the catholic church November is dedicated to the souls in purgatory needing our help and prayers. And I also think that this tradition reminds us of our responsibility to each other. Um, and that can sometimes require us to step out of our comfort zone and have that courage to help each other reach sainthood. Someone that I thought really embodied this quality well is Madison Pruitt, who is the author of the book Made for This Moment. And in her book, she unpacks a lot about her experience in the show called The Bachelor and the purpose God had for her on the show. Um, and in the beginning, she ac she actually questioned this invitation um, to come onto the show uh -huh. tremendously. Be but she also like simultaneously felt this overwhelming peace as if God wanted her to accept this invitation. Yes. And then so there was this one night in particular where she felt very afraid and overwhelmed with these fears and just this feeling of isolation. Mm -hmm. But it was at that moment that she had this vision of standing face to face with God. And he presented her with two scenarios. The first scenario, God showed her these people in heaven and said, because you were faithful to me and obedient to my calling, it led to other people's salvation and my glory. And the other scenario was God pointing out all these faces. And he said, because you were more concerned about what others were thinking and saying about you, you chose to serve your fears uh -huh. over me yeah. and you jeopardized their salvation. Uh -huh. And that's not to say that other people are relying on a certain on certain people to determine their salvation. Mm -hmm. But all of our calling here in this world is to help one another get to heaven, yes. to reach sainthood, and to bring glory to God. Mm -hmm. So before we dive deeper into this idea of what it means to have courage, could you share a little bit about your story, your journey to seminary, and what challenges or fears did you have to confront? Yes, of course, Vivian. Thanks for asking that. Because Pope Francis encourages all people, not just priests or seminarians, to share their vocation stories. Because our vocation stories our testimonies to God's work in our lives and God's love for us in our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very fitting that I, I share with you my vocation story today uh, in this month of November, because not only do we uh, remember the souls, but we also start the month of November with All Saints Day, where we remember the saints and remember that the saints are very much alive in the church. Mm -hmm. We call upon them for their intercession. When we pray, we call mm -hmm. upon them during mass and during the consecration, we truly believe that the saints are there with us yes. uh, when, when, the, when the priest is doing the consecration. Yes. And so my story begins with a saint. Um, and this saint is my great, 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 three greats, uh, <laughs> grandfather uh, from Vietnam. He was born in 1801 
and um, he died in 1861. So Saint Matthew Phuong, he is one of the 117 Vietnamese martyrs. Martyrs, okay. Yes, and so uh, during this time uh, in the 1800s in Vietnam was a time of persecution. Sure. And so he was the church sacristan, and so one of his the things he was doing was. Um, having the priest come to his home to celebrate private masses for the village. And so when the authorities found out that he was doing this, they came to his house and arrested him and the priest that he was working with. And so they brought him out to to court and they asked him, would you give up your faith for your life? And he said three times, no. And therefore afterwards he was beheaded for his faith on um, in the year 1861 and he was canonized by uh, Pope John Paul II in 1988 along with 116 other Vietnamese martyrs. So uh, because of that story, um, I always start with that story in my vocation story because it allows me to be connected to, to the church and allow me to share that the saints are very much just normal people who live extraordinary lives and right. want to live holy lives. And in our first vocation, we're all called to be holy, to be saints. Yeah. And, and, and so I always joke that people tell me to make my vocation story straightforward. And I always joke around that I like to start it 200 years before I was born <laughs> um, in 1801. And so that was really the foundation for my vocation because, because of St. Matthew Fung, my family has raised me in this very devout Catholic faith uh, growing up. However, it, it wasn't always easy for me growing up. I was born with a cleft palate. And if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like when your mouth and your nose and your lip kind of like the skin doesn't connect yet. So I was kind of born with that. So I needed a lot of surgeries and medical attention um, for that. And it was difficult for my family because my mom especially had only been in America for a year. Um, mm. A lot of um, our Vietnamese parents are immigrants uh, after the Vietnam War. And my mom came here 2002, a year before I was born in 2003. So that was very difficult for her. And my dad was working multiple jobs. Mm. And so just looking back at that story, I'm very blessed uh, in, in many ways, first of all, because God had given me... Um, had, had put the people there who had given me great medical attention and care because um, in other third world countries, I, I, I know that such as in Vietnam, um, kids who have cleft palate can't speak growing up or, or at all. So I'm very blessed to just be here speaking with you and, mm. and it's something I, I like take for granted sometimes, but just to be able to speak is, is something I'm very grateful for. Mm. And then, um, for my parents, obviously, for their their hard work, um, for for me, um, growing up, and so they always raised me in a very devout Catholic faith and reminded me of God's love for me um, through my story when I was born. And so, moving on, I went to Catholic grade school from third to eighth grade. I went to Saint Therese School in Northeast Portland, mm -hmm. uh, where my former vocations director, Father Jeff Irvin, mm -hmm. is now the pastor there. So I, I like to visit there a lot because. Is my old elementary school, but also my former vocations director is now pastor there. So it's always a blessing to visit St. Therese. And then um, I went to LaSalle High School, as you said in your introduction. 
earlier, and that was a very much a blessing for me as well. Um, there were challenges, mm-hmm. um, but as well as great opportunity, mm-hmm. because when you go to a Catholic school, it's different than going to a public school, because a public school you can't really do many Catholic events and, and whatnot. Right. And at a Catholic school, you you can host Catholic events, but that isn't going to say that there were challenges to right. hosting mass and planning all that and hosting Catholic clubs and things like that because mm. when there's no one taking initiative then it becomes hard to to run yeah so that was an opportunity for me to take some initiative in terms of how to bring more Catholic events to LaSalle High School yeah and I had a lot of ideas but um, during that time was also when COVID hit COVID, during yeah. my ju- junior year yeah so that made it really hard to do some things, but, um, and, and obviously COVID was hard for many of us and many of our families, but it was also a blessing in disguise for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's, I think that time was truly when I started more seriously discerning mm-hmm. um, the priesthood. Mm-hmm. I always had the thought in the back of my head um, mm-hmm. that maybe like God is calling me to the priesthood, probably like second, third grade. Wow. Like it, it's been a while, but it's always kind of just in the back of my head. I didn't think of it much. Um, I had been altar serving since I was second in second grade. Yeah. Um, and so your brother, Caleb. My brother, Caden. Caden. Yes. Caden. Yes. He, he had been he's altar great. serving as well. He's great. Thank yeah, you. He's really Thank good. Thank you. So we've both been altar servers um, since we were very young and... Then I started doing play masses at home where I kind of dress up. Oh my gosh, uh, with, me and my sister used to do that all uh, the time at home. <laughs> a blanket and scarf yeah. and everything. Yeah. And then we would fight over who's a celebrant for mass. <laughs> um, and I was like, no way, I'm the priest. I'm going to be the celebrant for mass. Mm-hmm. And my brother said, oh, you can be the priest, but I'll just be the bishop. So I'm the celebrant now. <laughs> oh, um, wow. So he won, Man, he won no that way. one. But anyway, it's just growing up in kind of that altar serving and doing play masses and um, something I just really enjoyed. So when COVID hit and churches were closing down or were very limited, I was very blessed by Father Ansgar, the pastor at Our Lady Levang, because he invited me to to serve for him for daily mass every day. And so wow. when so when everyone was at home, um, I was blessed to be able to come and serve mass and adoration wow, so um, every day. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a great blessing for me. Yeah. And just during that time, I was able to pray more and to ask God, God, what do you want me to do in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times we grow up and people ask us, hey, Anthony, what do you want to do when you grow up? But I guess the more proper question is, what, is what God does want? God want me to do mm-hmm. in my life? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was okay. starting to ask that question a little more. Um, but I was still nervous. I didn't mm-hmm. really know. Um, but COVID kind of helped with that a little bit because it made me realize, yes, I have friends and family, but all of that can come to a pause. And at the right. end of the day, it's about my relationship with God. And right. like, obviously, when we, we all die and um, the soul is in purgatory, the only thing that matters is our relationship with God and what we did to encounter God in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and so by my senior year, I was pretty certain I would apply for seminary, but I was still a little worried. Um, so I talked to Archbishop Sample at his annual winter discernment retreat. And something that he told me that I always remember, 
is he said, Anthony, if you have just a small fire burning in your heart, doesn't have to be a big fire, but you just have a flame in your heart telling you this is something you wanted to pursue, then you owe it to God to give it a try. And it's all about mm-hmm. just giving God a try. And you owe it to him because of the many blessings um, he has given you in your life. Wow. And, and, and so that that's kind of what pushed me to push me out of my fears to mm-hmm. uh, pursue seminary life. Um, yeah. So now here I am um, in my second year. Um, I just finished my second year, heading into my third year mm-hmm. of seminary where I am getting my bachelor's of philosophy at Gonzaga University. Awesome. We're so excited to see that Thank coming. You. And it's very interesting that you talked about flames too, because Father Randy did talk about, I asked him at the end of the question, which you'll also get, but mm-hmm. um, he also talked about um, kind of remembering this this flame that's inside of you yes. and, and what got you to to say yes, what got you to um, to where you, you are at this moment and mm-hmm. um, the passion that was kind of like burning in you and remembering that to continue to serve God and know that um, we all serve just, just one master. Yes, yeah. that's right. And it's great that you mentioned Father Randy. Um, I was going to say this earlier, but actually this summer I've spent the past month living with Father Randy uh, at St. Cecilia's Parish yeah. uh, where my summer assignment was. And just being able to have him as a mentor has been a, a great um, inspiration for my vocation and my seminary formation. And he basically what I did was I served all his masses. I went to meetings he went to, um, funeral planning, wedding planning, mm-hmm. uh, weddings, baptisms. And um, I know we have a good YCP uh, chapter here in Portland, and he's the chaplain of that. So I was yeah. able to uh, attend some events with him. Um, so that, yeah, all yeah, that experience was really great for me. Yeah, he's he's a great dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that with your calling and, and the journey that kind of got you uh, where you are now, which is you know, obviously so great. Um, and with the insecurities and the fears and the challenges that you mentioned, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some sort of God honoring courage that, mm-hmm. that comes with that. So can you help our listeners and also myself um, understand what true God honoring courage is? How would you define what true God honoring courage is? Yes. I, I would start with encounter with Jesus. Um, when I was with Father Randy over the sum, summers, something he told me was, uh, everything you do now as a seminarian, as a priest, should have one main goal, and that is to bring others to, to an encounter with Christ. And mm. I think if you don't have that, then there's no courage. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have a, a relationship with Christ, then there's no courage, there's no faith, there's no love, mm-hmm. uh, because... Without God, there's nothing, right? Right. And so one of the things growing up, um, a lot of us are in the Vietnamese community um, listening. And one of the things growing up that I struggled with is in the Vietnamese community, there's a lot of communal aspects of church. Like you come to church and you see your friends, you go to Sunday school, you go to mass together, you might pray rosaries with your family. Um, you might pray with your family every night before you go to bed. But something I was lacking was a personal relationship with God, um, just personal prayer in, yeah. in adoration. 
Um, you know, at my, at my church, adoration was always like led by a priest, so it was kind of guided, and and so there was really no time for um, just silence, being comfortable in silence with God, and that's something I started learning in seminary is just to basically how to pray, back to the basics, how to pray and do a holy hour, which which just kind of means that you're there in front of Jesus uh, for an hour. Um, and people do different things during that holy hour. Uh, for me, I found that, that I'm still continuing to practice how to be comfortable in the silence of holy hour and comfortable in the presence of God. Um, so my first year in seminary, I was practicing how to um, do a proper holy hour and, and whatnot. And I remember one Sunday I was um, scheduled to lecture at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Lourdes in Spokane. And so I was, when, when I lecture, I like to practice over the readings a little bit, make sure I don't mess up and add some commas here and there if I need to, to give myself some breath. So the reading for that day was Hebrews chapter 5, verse 5. And it talks about, um, I'm kind of paraphrasing now, but it says, you are my begotten son and you are a priest of Melchizedek. So it's two mm. very distinct verses mm -hmm. put into um, one one scripture passage. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember reading that and I, I found it interesting. I didn't think too much about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so after mass, I went home like usual, did my normal thing. And then later in the afternoon, I went to a Vietnamese uh, parish mm -hmm. in Spokane as well, St. Anthony's Parish in Spokane. And I was sitting in the pews praying before Mass, and the uh, pastor comes up to me and he said, oh, Anthony, our second reader can't make it today. Can you <laughs> read the second reading? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And, and so I, once again, I was practicing over Hebrews chapter 5, um, this time in Vietnamese, so it kind of took a different perspective um, of even rem remembering my family, and because I speak with my family in Vietnamese at home, so remember my family, especially my dad, um, just the words, you are my begotten son, you are priest of Melchizedek. Um, and obviously there's a connection between our relationship with God the Father and our relationship with our dads on earth. Um, and, and so just kind of hearing that in my dad's voice a little bit. And so I remember lecturing that second reading uh, in Vietnamese. And afterwards, I could barely say the word of the Lord properly. Um, and just going down to the pew and I didn't really pay attention to the homily much because I was just so overwhelmed um, that I was able to read this reading twice today and it's very connected to me. Um, you are my begotten son and you are a priest of Melchizedek. Mm. And um, you, you would think the story ends there, but after the homily, there was a baptism um, for a baby boy and his name was Anthony Wynn. Uh, not not me, just another <laughs> baby boy that wow. happened to be the exact same name as me. So at, at that point, I was just remembering the baptism of wow. Jesus, where the clouds open and God yeah. the Father says, you are my beloved son. Yeah. Um, and that's wow. something that I hope um, that was really beautiful for myself. And I hope that young adults today um, and youth are able to understand, which is that no matter what the world tells you, uh, what fears come up, because we have to remember that fears don't come from God. Um, but whatever comes up, that we have to go back to the very first moment, the very first chapter in Genesis, where God says, 
to Adam and Eve, you are very good. He says all the other things are good, but he tells Adam and Eve, you are very good. And he tells us that you are my beloved son and you are my mm. beloved daughter. Mm. And that's something so foundational to our faith, mm -hmm. that relationship with God, our father, and to understand that he loves us individually. It's mm. not just, oh, I love all of you um, looking down from heaven. Oh, I love this group of millions and billions of people. It's no, it's Anthony. You are my beloved son, and Vivian, you are my beloved daughter. It's very personal. Yeah. Um, and, and, and through that foundation, um, it really helped me with my prayer mm -hmm. because I knew that my relationship with God was personal mm -hmm. and that all the fears I encountered, um, I had someone to go to because mm -hmm. he gives me the courage um, in that relationship to, to be myself, mm -hmm. which is his beloved son. Yeah. And in, in his own image and likeness. Yeah, that's so good. And I think that's a very, very po powerful personal encounter with God. Mm -hmm. And I also, when you were mentioning just the baptism and um, the baby being named Anthony, when it's like God pouring over you a new life, mm -hmm. a new life to enter into priesthood, a new life to say, to, to say yes to God, um, being like a, a more, I guess, a better a better version of you in this in this new life mm -hmm. yeah definitely and i always go back to that moment uh in prayer especially mm -hmm. when i'm dealing with a little dryness in prayer because with with prayer there's always times where like the challenges i like i'm like what am i doing here like mm -hmm. i'm just sitting here in silence and it's very uncomfortable and i don't know what to do but with that story i'm able to go back and receive some consolation mm -hmm. that, that god is my father mm -hmm. and He's with me in my journey. Mm -hmm. That's really good. So Anthony, um, after hearing your story, I was wondering throughout kind of this journey, did you ever have this feeling of like, I don't, I don't want to say yes immediately or I don't want to step into this because I'm afraid someone's going to say this mm -hmm. or I'm, gonna, I'm afraid someone's going to think this of me. Did you ever had that? Have you, have you ever had that? Yes, I, yeah, I would say I definitely had those fears before entering seminary. And as I was first entering seminary, um, it's a little better now. And that's because my whole mindset has really changed about seminary. Mm -hmm. Because um, I, I guess especially in the Vietnamese community, there's a definition of success and failure. Mm -hmm. And I came into seminary thinking, oh, if I don't make it as a priest, then that's a failure. And Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. and, and, and that was kind of, well, not kind of, it was definitely the wrong mindset to have mm -hmm. because what I've learned about seminary is it's a place where you discern. Um, I thought I was discerning before seminary, but something my rector, like the, the rector is kind of like the pastor of the seminary. And so, so something he always emphasizes is you're not really, you, you didn't really discern before seminary. Like seminary is when you really start true discernment. Um, to see what God wills in your life. And if at some point I discern that God isn't calling me to the priesthood mm -hmm. and I, I leave seminary, then that's a success because mm -hmm. I now mm -hmm. understand what God wants me for me in my life. Yeah. Um, whereas if you asked me before um, how I felt about if I were to leave seminary, then I would consider that as a failure. And I, I think that's mm. a problem among I mean, it's a problem generally, mm -hmm. but a little more with the Vietnamese community. Um, 
and, and so I, I know people who have talked to me about those fears, um, discerners who have talked to me about, oh, like I want to enter seminary, but if it's not right for me, right. and then my family's going to judge me, or right. my community's going to judge me. Right. And I, I would say again, uh, fear doesn't come from God. It comes mm. from the enemy. Mm. Um, yeah, that's good. And as a seminarian and as God willingly later on a priest, priests are what the devil um, despises the most. Because mm. as Father Brett Brennan says in his book, To Save a Thousand Souls, um, obviously everyone is important, but when you have a, when you ordain a priest, that priest is set up to save thousands of souls. And it's a spiritual battle. And when you have a priest, um, that, that priest is going to win a lot of souls over for God and which is what the devil doesn't want so i i would say the temptations definitely start arising when someone first has thoughts oh should i go to this should i enter a seminary or not should i discern or not um i i would even say that i, I think seminary like every young male should experience seminary even though they um might not have the calling to it's so far for me has been a great opportunity for formation. We have the four dimensions of formation that the seminary kind of focuses on. Um, human, which is kind of like, oh, is this guy making his bed and showering and brushing his teeth? And then there's spiritual formation. What is this guy's relationship with God? Mm -hmm. um, how is his prayer life? And then there's intellectual formation. Obviously, priests need to know what they're saying and have an intellectual background. So how is this guy doing with his studies? Mm -hmm. And last but not least is pastoral formation. Mm -hmm. um, how does this guy interact with parishioners? Um, does he understand liturgy? Mm -hmm. um, does he enjoy being around people? Uh, because to a certain extent, priests have to enjoy being, being around their parishioners, right? Um, and and so seminary is has really helped me and it's continued to help form me in those dimensions and I, I would really recommend uh, again the same thing Archbishop Sample told me if you have just a little flame in your heart uh, or if the pop ever if the if the question ever just pops up in your head um, then why not give it a try because mm -hmm. there's no, nothing to lose there's only things to gain um, because you you grow so much first in your relationship with God but also in just being a better man. Um, mm -hmm. and, and for those interested in like the religious life, for the woman out there, like there's nothing to lose. Again, um, you're just growing to be in a closer relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, and if through that discernment, you conclude that God isn't calling me to priesthood or religious life, then you can discern out freely and you can be a better parishioner in your parish. You mm -hmm. have a better understanding of catechesis and whatnot and and, and, so, and so again there's nothing to lose yeah wow yeah i'm i'm really um first of all thank you for bringing that you know being open to um expressing that fear that you had mm -hmm. and, and this stigma that um could be pretty strong within yeah. the vietnamese mm -hmm. community it's just like if if you're uh, discerning priesthood and and you don't make it or, or you you know yeah. decide to leave to um, to start another vocation, 
it can be seen as a failure when it, it really is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like how you said that it was more, it's, it's a success um, because any calling is special in God's eyes. It's just in our vision, we may see it differently yes. and we define mm-hmm. it differently. And what I see um, also in your relationship um, with God as you really emphasize the importance of that um, and with you know your prayer life and everything, I think that helped you um, as well to connect or to in a way like connect to your true God honoring courage and then pairing that with wisdom and obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know um, with connecting back to Maddie Pruitt, um, she once said that true courage, a uh, true God honoring courage is paired with wisdom and rooted in conviction. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really powerful and especially after you shared your story, I think that's what I see in you is is the obedience, the willingness to say yes, and and using your wisdom to guide your your decision making process and your heart into what God would want you to do, you. and asking what would God like me to do and not what I would like to do, and then alongside that, you know, connecting it to the month of November. When you're doing that, you're saving like so many people, um, especially now, like even. Um, people who are listening and, and are afraid to um, take another step, take a leap mm-hmm. of faith to saying, to discerning a priesthood or, or joining seminary or whatnot. Um, it, it gives them the inspiration and the motivation mm-hmm. um, to do what you have done. Um, and perhaps like if you never said yes to God or you never um, went into discerning priesthood, like, we wouldn't really have a chance to listen to your story mm-hmm. and um, perhaps we would have also not have had that courage to also say yes. So um, thank you for that, for that story. And it, as well, it reminds me of um, Esther 414 um, where she, you know, she was faced with a very hard challenge um, where she had to either risk her own identity or to save the Jews. Um, and with that, I kind of want to remind our listeners as well, where Esther says, um, or sorry, her cousin said to her this, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And again, that's from Esther chapter four, verse 14. And I know in, in Peter's is in, um, the book of Peter mm-hmm. uh, in the Bible as well was talking about royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if you could also elaborate on that and how God sees this as royal and that that could also be tied to courage and, and what it means to have courage for your moment to step into this this royal position or this royal priesthood that we were called to be. Yes. To yeah. Thank you. So, step into. so um, going back to your question, um, we're, we're all called when, when we're baptized to be priest, prophet, and king. And so we all have a, a role in the church to really spread the truth, spread the word of God. And that can be hard in today's society where um, truth isn't respected anymore and right. people have different definitions of what objective truth is. Yeah, And that's um, very concerning. And I would say this is where the God honor and courage comes in. Because if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have an encounter with God, then you shy away from truth and you 
do whatever you want and you might have reasons to say, oh, what I'm doing is right, but there's no foundation for that. But as Catholics, uh, we, we, we do have a foundation, which is our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so I remember there's a quote from G.K. Chesterton and he says, when men stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that's really powerful to say that our world today, we're really shying away from our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Christians out there who don't have the courage to mm-hmm. stand up for their faith when mm-hmm. the opportunity arises. Um, and and I, I would say I really invite the young adults and youth today, um, when, the, when the opportunity arises, someone asks you about your Catholic faith, mm-hmm. um, to really embrace that. Yeah, because it is what our foundation of truth is dependent on. Yes, and if and to help each other reach that sainthood as exactly. well. Exactly, um, yeah. Aristotle would say that there is there is the, the three different types of friendship: friends mm. you yeah. have a like to spend a good time with. Yes, friends who you need something from. Just uh, kind of on the surface level. Yeah, there's like yeah. surface level, and there, there's kind of need Mm -hmm. but the highest level of friendship is friends who bring each other to the good yes and to be able to do that to be able to do what aristotle says we must have a common objective definition of what Mm -hmm. good is what the Mm -hmm. good is and as catholics we believe that the good is god Mm -hmm. And, and and so when we bring each other to god and encourage each other to have that personal encounter with mm-hmm. with Christ, mm-hmm. then we are truly being the greatest friends we can mm-hmm. be for one another. And that also leads you back to the gospel that we had last Sunday, where um, Peter courageously stepped out of the boat to to reach Jesus. To mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's just and I, when I was listening to the homily that um, uh, Father, his name is Father Help. Um, he's he's a brother of one of the parishioners here and he gave an interpretation that I thought was so profound because when we read that Bible passage of just that gospel we just think that oh you know Peter stepped out of the boat and then he sunk because you know he didn't have fear and God was like oh you little faith right but we didn't I, I mean he gave this interpretation of just like it's not just Peter stepping out of the boat he stepped out of the boat with courage mm-hmm to reach Christ and to save to save so many people who also have this fear of, of sinking, mm-hmm. um, if, if you will, you know? Yeah. And so he was kind of encouraging the parishioners, us parishioners to also step out of our boat, mm-hmm. um, to save the people that uh, are around us and, and to help them reach their first vocation, which is holiness, mm-hmm. sainthood, yes. uh, to be a disciple of Christ. Mm. And when we do sink, we confidently know that God is there to give to, to to extend his hand that we could grab onto and grasp it and hold and know that that he's with us that we don't have to be afraid. And what's so I I think like ironic in a way, but I also think it's a gift is that in the Bible God says, do not be afraid more than 365 times. <laughs> and I think maybe every day it's a sign of God saying do not be afraid. Um, have that courage for your moment each day. Um, and I also want to remind our, our listeners that at times being courageous means braving the battles no one else is willing to fight. 
because we're all afraid of of what people are going to say, mm-hmm. of what's going to happen to us. But do we really know what's going to happen? Yeah. So you know, it doesn't mean that you don't have fear, but it's it's right. It's 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 not courage. Means like you don't let fear from stopping you, mm-hmm. like from doing what God has called you to do and braving the battles that no one else is willing to fight. Yeah. Um. I know in your um in our conversation you've you know intertwined some um advice and insights here and there for our listeners. Um, do you have anything else to add on in terms of advice and insights that you would like to give anyone um, to anyone who's struggling to move past their fears so that they're able to um, they're able to fulfill their purpose? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that question. I would say um, the first response to that question is that you're not alone um, because the first relationship that you should go on go depend upon is your relationship with God and and sometimes that might be hard you don't know where to where to start and, and so this is where our audience comes in uh, those who might have the answer where to start um, so if 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 you know like if your prayer life is going pretty well or you have a grasp of what it means to be a Christian and it is also your responsibility to help those who might not have a grasp of what it means to be Christian or how how to pray. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, again, as we were talking about before, we we are a universal church. We depend on one another. Yeah. And we have a responsibility the to help one of another. community. Yes, exactly. And so that, that's what I would start with, um, just to remember that you are not alone mm-hmm. um, in, in this journey, that you and you, you are a beloved son. You are a beloved daughter. Um, if, if there's one thing that you, you should remember after listening to this podcast, is it's just that it's you are a beloved son of God, or you are a beloved daughter of God, because mm-hmm. He made you in His image and likeness as mm-hmm. a very good. Mm-hmm. And what happens is our our culture tells us that we're not good, mm-hmm. and and that is very concerning because it blemishes away our true identity. As, as as very good as beloved sons and daughters of God. And, and so when we conform ourselves to our relationship with God, um, we, we truly live out our true identities as made in his image and, and, and likeness. And I know there's some young adults uh, out there, um, including some friends of mine who have talked to me like about their concerns about the church or like the flaws that the church has. Um, and I take this opportunity just to remind all of you that the church um, is made up of human beings right. who, are, who are flawed. Yes. But we don't, like in technical terms, um, I don't know how to use the right language, but we don't believe in the church. We believe in God. Right. And, yes. And, and so when we have our encounter with God, uh, our, our main trust isn't in the people who lead we lead the church. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we should have trust in our bishops and our priests. Mm-hmm. But when they when when they fail, um, that isn't where where we should that that shouldn't be the main reason mm-hmm. why we are leaving the church. Mm-hmm. Um, because our Archbishop Sample says, uh, people who leave God leave for the wrong reasons. Because mm-hmm. if you truly encounter God then there's no way you're leaving. You should right. be embracing that. Right. The true God. So yeah. and you um, know, Jesus is Alpha and Omega. Yeah. 
um, beginning and end. And so the church, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even if if human beings, uh, bishop, popes, whatever, um, are fl- you know they're 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 human beings. They're they, human, they have they're flaws. flaws. Yeah. But just because they lead it in the wrong direction does that does not mean that the church is bad or mm-hmm. it should be should be attacked or whatnot yes. because the church is Jesus mm-hmm. um, and, and he's, he's the way, the truth and the light. And um, that's the church. Yeah. yeah. If, if you have a personal connection with Jesus, if you encounter him in the Eucharist and, and all the other problems would take care of itself yeah. because that alone should be sufficient mm-hmm. to whether or not you embrace your identity as a Catholic or not, mm-hmm. um, your your encounter with Christ in the Eucharist, mm-hmm. and yeah. that that is so profound. And you know? sometimes, just growing up, I don't think we understand how profound that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just to to remind you, like, if you are having questions, to get answers to those questions, you can talk to your parish priest. You yeah. can find just be a intentional. Friend. Yeah, be, be intentional. Um, don't give up on your faith because. Yeah. It's so rich and there's so much background and intellectual knowledge behind it as well as tradition. Mm-hmm. There's so much things that are beautiful about the church that mm-hmm. like as, as a priest, I study for like, God willing, when I become a priest, I study about the church for eight to nine years mm-hmm. and there's always more space to study. So there's never uh, truly a stopping point for mm-hmm. knowing more about the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, I just encourage you all, if you're having questions or doubts about the faith, to find someone who might have mm-hmm. some more information for you. Mm-hmm. But obviously, most importantly, is to find someone who will help you reach that true encounter with God yes. and with Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah, spend a lot of time in prayer in which God will, will guide you to that decision. Mm-hmm. And also, um, put a lot of trust in Our Lady as well. She had so much courage to just even say yes to Angel Gabriel. Um, mm-hmm. And if she never said yes, I don't even know where we'd, we, yes, we, we, exactly. we would be right now. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even have what, we wouldn't have free will, we wouldn't have freedom, and we definitely wouldn't have salvation. Exactly. Um, so uh, definitely a huge thanks to Mother Mary and, and you know, looking up, just look up to her as as our inspiration Um because she really did have true God-honoring courage. Okay. Um, and I also just kind of want to end with this quote that Jim Caviezel said that has been sticking with me ever since I heard this. And, he's, and he said, if we don't pick up and carry our cross, we're going to be crushed by the weight of it. And that is just, it's very true. Um, if we don't, if we don't carry it. We're going to be crushed by the weight of it later. Mm-hmm. So um, again, you know, be willing to brave those battles and be yes. willing to fight for the battles that no one else is willing to fight. Because if you don't fight for it, you're going to be crushed by it later. Exactly. Yes. Um. So last question here for you, just right. a fun way to end. It doesn't okay. have to do anything with what we just talked about, but what is the greatest piece of advice that you've ever been given? Ooh, that's a good one. Let me think. We always about ask it. our guests this. So. <laughs> hmm. I have to be careful. I know all my mentors are probably going to be listening. So <laughs> choose one over the other. Um, I don't know if I can pick out a, a, like the greatest, but I mentioned this earlier. 
Um, Whatever's but, in your mind. Yes, I, I mentioned this earlier through my work at St. Cecilia's Parish. Um, something Father Randy Huang told me was, um, whatever you do, the, the goal at the end is to encounter Christ yourself, like mm-hmm. for myself to encounter Christ, mm-hmm. but to bring others to an encounter with Christ as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's such a great foundation to live that on. That is, yeah, and like, No matter what you do, how busy you are, how hard things may be, mm-hmm. what you're doing should bring others and, and strengthen your relationship with Christ. Um, and I, I think that's so important in our world today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good and very, very needed. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, as always, we can't end the episode without the challenges. And so for this month, um, I encourage you to say yes to the moment, to say yes to the push. Um, say yes, even if you're terrified to the bone, because it has been said that greatness is rarely achieved in comfort because one step of courage, one step of obedience could lead to other people's salvation. So will you stand up when, it, when needed? And what will you do when your moment comes? Because even if there's just a slight inkling, bring it to prayer and trust the push. Um, build your prayer life and, and build that relationship with Christ and bring other allow others to also have that encounter with God, just as Anthony has reminded us. And remember that true God-honoring courage is paired with wisdom and rooted in conviction. Anthony, it was so lovely to have you here on Through Thick and Thin. Thank you for sharing your vocation story, your incredible insights, and we can't wait to see what God continues to write in your story um, and what he has in store for you. So wishing you the best in all your future endeavors. Yes, thank you so much, Vivian. And please, if you're listening, to continue to pray for me in my continual discernment and formation and to pray for a a greater response to the priesthood and to religious life. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And before um, I do the closing or I say the closing, would you like to close us in prayer? Yes, thank you, Vivian. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we are all listening today from different places, different times, different situations, but we know that you are listening to us here today And we know that you are our Father, and we are your beloved sons and daughters. Please help us to always stay strong in this foundation, so that whatever we encounter, we may be rooted in our true identity as your beloved sons and daughters. In this month of November, we continue to pray for those who have passed the souls in purgatory, and we remember them. As we say, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who has tuned into this podcast. Once again, you can find us on the free Hail Mary media app or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're on the app, check out other Vietnamese prayers and sermons and follow us on our social media pages linked in the description area below. Remember to love God more than you fear your cross, and we will see you on Friday, December 1st for another episode. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Through Thick and Thin. 
produced at the studios of Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. Learn more about this podcast, our other shows, and other Vietnamese content by visiting the free Hail Mary media app.